It's Wednesday, September 5th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. <laughs> Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool One, Jason Moser. From Motley Fool Inside Value, Joe Maker. A little pre-taping frivolity <laughs> oh, going on in the yeah, studio let's, here. Let's keep it going. we got a lot going on. We've got FedEx, Facebook. We're going to talk online video and a potential IPO from the Great White North. But let's start uh, with a story that we touched on yesterday, Joe, and that is Nokia. Uh, Nokia and Microsoft had their event this morning uh, unveiling the new Lumia smartphone running Windows 8 and... I'm guessing the market didn't like what it saw, Joe, because Nokia shares down more than 11% as of this taping. What do you think? Not great. Um, the product came out, and it had a lot of the bells and whistles we expected. It's going to run on 4G. It's got improved camera. And to their credit, Nokia is known for having great cameras on their phones. That'll be the case with the two they rolled out here. Um, improved maps capabilities, all nice problem is everyone else already has those things and an operating system that people are excited about. That's one. The second thing is that they stalled on when the phone is going to launch. Uh, that's a real problem because you've got <laughs> a, a new big phone coming out from Motorola in short order and the iPhone 5. So if we're talking about a launch early next year, this phone is dead on arrival, dead before arrival. Jason? Yeah, you know, we were talking about this yesterday, and Joe made the point that they were going to have to really come out with a big wow factor on this, and they failed to do that. Uh, it, it, it's a phone that, while, yes, it's, it's a neat phone, it has some, some pretty neat bells and whistles, it's nothing that is really new, it's nothing that really wows us. You know, I found it interesting that they referred to China as the biggest market for this phone, and it almost seemed like they glossed over the U.S. completely in regard to this, but lack of knowledge on the carrier plans and when it's going to roll out, a lot of uncertainty still out there. The market didn't like it and sold, selling the stock off now. Microsoft CEO Steve Ballmer made an appearance at the event. Shares of Microsoft, Joe, basically you know, didn't move at all today. Um, does Microsoft, despite the alliance and despite the fact that you know they're clearly working together very closely with Nokia, I'm guessing they just don't have that much skin in the game, or I, sh- I guess I should say, it seems like they don't. They're well, on the right track. They don't have nearly the financial downside. Right. So if, if this is like a poker game and it's the two of them playing, Nokia is all in on this phone, and Microsoft has like the ante out on the table, a couple of white and chips. That's, yeah, that's all they've got, and it's just mountain of chips behind them. And Nokia is in a very tight spot here, and there's. Microsoft didn't move because they're in definitely the opposite position. They're going to be signing up other people, especially after this Samsung-Apple lawsuit verdict, which is going to make it easier to find new people to, to put Windows Mobile out. Just in terms of Nokia, Jason, what is the next thing to watch with this company? Because we were up at, you know, the last couple of months, we were all waiting for this date. Now it seems like, uh, I mean, is it sales? Is it, uh, is it when they actually come up with a launch date? Is, do they have any sort of promise heading into the holiday season? Well, I think that's first and foremost is a launch date and some idea of the carrier plans there, but then quite simply sales. I mean, is this, is this phone selling? And I'm not certain that it will. We, we know that we have some, some more technology coming out here over the next couple of weeks. So it, it's going to be a, an, a tough uphill climb for them, and that's what you've got to focus on. It won't sell. <laughs> I'll say it. I was I, trying to be a little bit more diplomatic. Trying to be diplomatic. <laughs> I've had people on Twitter start chirping at me about Nokia lately because we rip on it on the show so often. But, but I'm sorry to disappoint you guys. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, we're being honest here. I mean, the fact of the matter is when you – the numbers don't lie. I mean, Apple's Apple's picking up share left and right, and, and Google's doing a great job getting the Android platform out there. Microsoft and Nokia are just in a really tight spot here. 
And if you do want to chirp at us on Twitter, you can follow just at MarketFoolery or for Joe Mager at TMF Inside Value and for Jason at TMF JMO. Shares of FedEx down slightly today after the company said profits will be hurt because of a slowdown in the global economy. Jason, I don't on the one hand, I don't want to make too much of this because they really are just down slightly. On the other hand, we, we've been hearing this uh, a couple of times recently from FedEx. Um, how concerned should shareholders be? And more broadly, what does it say when a company that does business around the world like FedEx is saying this kind of thing? Well, I don't think shareholders should be concerned necessarily because when you look at this game and what UPS and FedEx really, the roles that they play in our global economy, they're two excellent companies and worthwhile considerations for investment. So, if anything, when you see a hit to a stock like this today, FedEx is, is looking a little bit cheaper than it, than it was at close yesterday, and that's encouraging. But I think it's, it's more the, the overall ramifications of, of what's going on in our global, global economic environment right now. And so, we know there is a slowdown in China, plenty, plenty of problems over Europe, and that's translating over into, uh, into our economy over here. And so, it, it's more of a sign of what's to come, and, and if we're going to see this, you know, continued sideways market back and forth with no real direction, it could be that way for a little while. One of the things we talk about from time to time is the whole notion of guidance and the effectiveness or lack thereof that management has in providing guidance. Historically, how good a grade would you give FedEx's management in terms of their ability to to provide guidance? I mean, is it is it generally spot on? Because we've seen certainly. Jason, we've seen examples of companies sort of sandbagging. It seems like that's not really the case with FedEx, though. No, they've done a good job of getting out in front of this and and trying to be honest with what they're seeing. Uh, Personally, I'm just not the biggest fan of of seeing things in such a granular, uh, from such a granular perspective. I'd rather them just focus on the business at hand and not worry so much about guidance and catering uh, to what the market and what Wall Street wants. But they're doing a good job of getting out in front of it. Facebook up more than 4% earlier today after CEO Mark Zuckerberg said he will not sell any shares for a year. Um, what do you think, Joe? I, it's, uh, on the one hand, we're seeing <clears throat> shares up today as a result of this. On the other hand, that's not really saying anything material about the business itself. So when you look at a signal like this, how do you take it? I'll take it as a positive that he's incrementally more literally bought into Facebook. But, you know, he's got his reputation, his career, all his money's already tied up with these guys anyway. So I wouldn't be any more excited about it if I was a Facebook investor today. Uh, I think maybe the better news is that indirectly Facebook will end up repurchasing some shares uh, coming through this agreement and the lockup. So that's a nice signal, but it's always disappointing to hear that you know, you might be looking at a company buying back shares at half what they just IPO'd at. Jason, what did you think when you saw this news? I was a little surprised to see, it seems like he's trying to play towards our perception, at least by manipulating the stock price. I'm not saying he's manipulating the stock price, but getting this kind of information out there, there is an intention there to try and shore things up here. Uh, well, it's, send, it's sending a signal to investors, hey, Peter Thiel recently sold off you know, a huge chunk of his investment you know teal was the, the the first vc in the door and you know it's zuckerberg's way of sending a signal to investors hey i'm i'm not doing that right and he's bought in and we know that and he also owns a considerable uh, number of shares in the company at this point 
But to me, it doesn't say anything about the business itself, like you mentioned there at, at the beginning. Uh, it doesn't really tell us what this company, what this business's plan uh, to to make money is going forward, and that's really the biggest problem that all of the all investors have at this point is. It, it was such a, a, a hyped-up IPO, and Facebook is so widespread with uh, close to a billion users. How are they going to monetize it? That question has still not been answered, and who knows when it will be answered. And further, it's also worth noting there's still going to be a lot of shares coming onto the open market here over the next few months. And so while this is a nice announcement, I appreciate that he's going to stay bought in. Bought in. It doesn't necessarily uh, take care of everything from the, uh, from the investor's perspective. They still need to be very aware that there are going to be more shares coming on the market here soon. As of this taping, shares trading around eighteen and a half. What price gets you interested to the point where you're actually crunching the numbers, Joe Maker, and actually doing the research, thinking, you know what, this this looks like a value stock I might be interested in. Ten. Ten, Jason. <laughs> I said it was twenty back at the IPO, but I know I more, keep dropping. The that more number. things <laughs> come to light, the lower that number gets, and so I'm going to go fifteen. I would actually really start considering it. Because I, while I'm still very skeptical on how they are going to really be able to monetize this, I have to believe there is something there. I mean, this is a platform that is in touch with a lot of people around the globe. Uh, but 15, I think, is where I'd start. You can always drop us an email. Radio at fool.com is the way to get a hold of us. Email from JC Silva in Jacksonville, Florida. I was recently at Disney and had a thought that I wanted your opinion on. With the massive back catalog of content, would it not be beneficial for Disney to offer its own streaming service? I can definitely see parents and some adults willing to pay $10 or more a month to have access to all of Disney's movies, cartoons, etc. across its multiple brands like ABC, ESPN. What do you think, Joe? I I think that's a great idea, and I think they've already taken some really good steps on that. I think the Disney Channel is probably the the poster boy for that, and throughout their you know span of networks, they re-air a lot of content and they make quite a bit of money on that. Uh, they also own uh, this is easy to forget, but twenty seven percent of Hulu. So that is exactly what you're thinking, uh, JC. It's it's a great idea and great question, and you know they're trying to make the most of it. I think Hulu right now is struggling to find its own identity, uh, probably trying to find someone to acquire them. And that might be Google at some point. But it could be interesting if one of the individual uh, shops behind them, including Disney, just swooped in and picked it all up. Jason, what do you think? I know you follow the company closely. Does it make sense for them to continue on the path that they're on right now, sticking with Hulu? Or do you think maybe somewhere in some room at Disney, someone is looking hard at Hulu with the full intent of launching a service like this? Well, I think Hulu serves as a great platform for them to get content out there. But like Joe was saying with the Disney Channel, and the Disney Channel seems to be on 24-7 at my house, they've done a really yeah. good job of putting that together and distributing it. They have the Disney Channel, Disney XD, Disney Junior. Uh, it's in 169 countries now, 35 different languages. And just to put it into perspective as far as a moneymaker goes, when you look at Disney segment-wise, uh, the media networks segment, which is what has the Disney Channel and ESPN, for example, that segment alone in the business of the five is responsible for about 60% of the operating profit of Disney as a whole. Uh, so, very significant moneymaker. They've done a tremendous job building it out. And they also referred to it last quarter as, as just being a main reason for the for the success of the company. So, I think they're going to continue building that out. I'd love to see something happen with Hulu. I'm a Hulu subscriber. It's, it's a great service. I love the new, fresh content there. But, uh, yeah, I think they're doing a wonderful job with the Disney uh, channel right now. I'll tell you what I'd pay for. 
and that is we talk about a la carte in the cable world, picking up specific channels. I would pay for an a la carte Disney service where I could get ESPN, I could get the movies, I could get Phineas and Ferb, but I could just block out some of the shows that my kids watch that are just so, frankly, insipid, I, I, I can barely stand Hannah it. Hannah Montana, oh. Ant Farm. You see, I know all these. <laughs> you know my pain. Uh, finally, the Wall Street Journal is reporting that the owner of Hudson's Bay, the oldest company in North America, has hired banks to explore an IPO as early as next month. Uh, Hudson's Bay, for those not familiar, is a department store. I, I emailed our colleague Jim Gillies, who lives up in the Great White North. Um, he said it is a, a, an iconic Canadian brand. But he also said, it, look, it's a big department store. And, you know, when you look at stuff like JCPenney and that sort of thing. Um, but I love the fact that, uh, again, this is in the journal. This is a company that traces its roots back to 1670 when the British government gave the company a monopoly on fur trading in a large area of Canada, which was then a British territory. I, before we get into the whole fur trading and the age of this company, I don't know. Does a, does a department store IPO excite you at all? They they nope. they also own Lord and Taylor, which is a little bit more of a high end. But nope, not at all. Nope, <laughs> Jason. No, no interest. I mean, department stores are just—it's a really tough business, and there's a reason why they kind of come and go easily. And there's a lot of M and A. So, if you're not buying shares of Hudson's Bay when it goes public, I would buy if you could invest in the monopoly of fur trapping. <laughs> I'd rather own that. I don't. I don't know how big a business that is anymore. Fur trapping. I, I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But let's just go Canada. If there's something in Canada, you could get. It doesn't have to be a company. It could be a person, and you just get. You can invest and get. You know, a, a slice of their profits. You know, a William Shatner. Speaking of slice, I think I'd invest in some Canadian bacon. Nice. I like bacon. I think Canadian bacon's all right. Too. Joe, what about you? I would take Justin Bieber Public today. <laughs> cash out and roll my proceeds into Celine Dion, who I think has serious staying power. So, Oh, really? So you're yeah. thinking, you think- She's huge in Vegas. Huge in Vegas. I don't, I don't celebrate her catalog, but she's got a... She's very popular. She's making money. Yeah. Just like our... Making it rain. Just like our colleague James Early eats very healthy, but he doesn't mind investing in McDonald's and, you know, in sugared cereals and that kind of thing. You're saying you're saying if we go to your home and we go through your music collection, we're not finding any Celine Dion. That's what I'm hearing you say. Pretty sure. (laughs) (laughs) Joe Mager, Jason Moser, guys, thanks for being here. Thanks. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. So I think the... The Justin Bieber thesis is basically that you think he's going to become Justin Timberlake. And that's the same thing as when Facebook went public and people were like, Facebook, could, it's going to be the next Google. Nah, I think Bieber's going to be like the next, you know, what was it, Danny, Bada, Danny Bonaducci or something. He's going to More he's Cosmo. fall hard. I just like to use the phrase Justin Bieber thesis. Every night in my dreams I see you. I feel you, that is how I know you go on, far across the distance, I 
Oh. 